0: I'm a handshake, a I'm a spud with a plan. I remember cooking skater day by day. Well, I ain't your average quitter. I don't put up a golf. I'm doing the best I can. The drum day, don't be a day, i day. I'd have the love Nothing but love.
1: Good morning, my fellow Trump-taters. This is Jamie Rinda, the host of the Trump-tater podcast. And oh, it sounded kind of funny there. Do I sound okay, Brian? Okay. Uh, I thought we'd start out today with a little bit of gratitude, seeing how think, uh, Thanksgiving is just a short two days off. But p- Plus, I think we're just going to need a whole lot of gratitude in our heart to be able to move forward with some of the things that are happening in our country. So I think it's always good to... Even not just on Thanksgiving, but every day. So Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So I was thinking about giving thanks in all circumstances. And so sometimes that's not always easy. (laughs) So anyway, just a a reminder out there that uh, not for sure how this is all going to turn out with this election. I still hold out a, a great deal of hope that President Trump is going to... Um, be able to win this, uh, but if for some chance he doesn't isn't able to, then that we've got to find the best that we can find out of him. So perhaps you know, um, it's better that we go through this short little stint with Joe Biden, and uh, for people to realize exactly how dangerous it is. So anyway, we've got to we've got to find the silver silver lining in it somewhere. But uh, anyway, I'm still holding out and and believing that Trump can pull this off, but. If by some chance he doesn't, um, we can still find things to have gr- uh, gratitude in our hearts for it and realize that there's probably a purpose behind it. Um, the Next one is Psalms 118.24. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And uh, every day, it seems like it's, you know, I, sometimes I feel like it's Groundhog Day, that movie Groundhog Day. Where you wake up and it's the same thing over, and you're kind of learning from it. You wake up, it's a, you're in the same day, but you're developing a, maybe a new talent. You're learning to play. If, for those of you who've seen Groundhog Day movie, um, you know perhaps you're honing in on a skill and trying to become a better person. And the next day you wake up and it's the same day. So I kind of have felt that recently with everything going on in our world is that every day I keep thinking I'm going to wake up and and we're going to be beyond this. And, uh, and it's just not happening yet. So then, then I think, well, what is it I can learn and how is it I can improve and uh, maybe change my mindset and my circumstances. And so this scripture just, you know, kind of reminds me of that, that this is the day that the Lord has made and uh, that we need to rejoice in it. We need to find those things, those blessings, in our life that uh, we can find happiness in and, and be glad about. Um, so I'll, I'll do one more scripture here on gratitude. Yesterday we talked about the uh, the power of gratitude as far as on a scientific level. For those of you who weren't with us yesterday, just on how gratitude can actually change your brain chemistry. So the mere exercise of exercising gratitude, writing in a gratitude journal, expressing letters of gratitude, you know, maybe write your parents a letter, telling them how grateful you are for the life that they gave you, or finding the best, even if it wasn't all positive, finding the best things that, uh, that they did offer. And the same with your children, writing your children a letter, your employees a letter, your best friend a letter, something expressing gratitude. Uh, even yourself a letter and just the the physical um, aspect of thinking these thoughts through and and writing them on paper actually changes our brain chemistry and helps us to be happier better functioning people. so in uh, the next scripture is and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you are able to call one body and be thankful. So if we let it's really hard in these circumstances, I think, right now, because there's so much that we could be anxious about. And and I can tell you that I'm one that has been very anxious about the things that are going on. Um, but we don't have to be. We can we can let Christ kind of roll our hearts and, uh, and find some peace, even in a, a time of chaos and a time of so much change. And we can always exercise gratitude um, for those things. So kind of shift and kind of go on to I keep thinking, you know, the long term program that we hope to have on the Trump Taters is is kind of setting up a system after the first of the year. Just kind of give you a preview. We do plan on having more guests on coronavirus, unfortunately, and the fact that I've been kind of homebound. I'm not homebound right now, but for this week, I've decided to go ahead and do the program two more days from home and then. Get back in the studio after uh, Thanksgiving, so we'll start having a few more guests on um, the show live. And the other thing is, we're going to start focusing on some topics that we feel are important. And uh, so, after the first of the year, one of the topics that we're going to address is pornography, and probably maybe from a, a stance a little bit different stance than uh, is addressed, both the the negative aspects of how it can impact, but also, you know. How, how it how um, it how it impacts so many families and individuals, but but more important, the hope that's out there and uh, and understanding. You know, I, I'm going to have a few guests on that have, have struggled with this in their lives and how they've overcome and and uh, put things in perspective. Um, so, in anyway, I don't want to go into too much, but that's just one topic that we feel has had kind of an overreaching impact on so many people's lives, on the way they internalize it. Um, and it's one thing that doesn't get discussed too much because there's oftentimes a lot of shame involved in that. And uh, you know, when you're an alcoholic, there's shame involved in being an alcoholic or, or any drug disorder too, but there seems to be more shame in, uh, in some sexual waters perceived as to be as an addiction. So we're going to address some of those um, with people that have experienced things firsthand and how, they and their families have uh, addressed these issues. And so that's one issue. And and then we're going to talk about, you know, some mental health and um, issues that are impacting our society and how we can move forward um, and being more open on mental health issues and how we can overcome and have more empathy and just understanding uh, our brain a little bit better and having some experts On in these areas. So that's two areas that we want to talk about. And another one, just a shout out to one of my favorite podcasts and authors right now is Jordan Peterson, who has struggled so much this past year uh, with his own uh, health challenges, but has. Stence has overcome a lot of those challenges and has finished a book that he was writing prior to his health challenges that he's gone through this past year. Um, For those who know Jordan Peterson, he has kind of launched into the spotlight for multiple reasons, but one is he wrote a book on the 12 rules of life. And he just kind of, he had had 42 rules of life that he had put out on a a podcast or form at one time, and so he just chose 12 of them that happened to align with you know, overcoming the chaos with order. And uh, so now he's written another book that will be out in March called Beyond Order, mm-hmm. and uh, which is probably really good for me because we have so much quote chaos coming into our, our lives right now um, that this kind of focuses in on the need for the balance between order and chaos, that too much of either is not good in our lives. And so anyway, I'm excited about Jordan Peterson and his new book coming out. And uh, we'll be out on 1st of March and called Beyond Order. So I'm grateful for great minds that have taken the time to really understand who we are as humanity and, and some of the struggles that we go through and has um, been able to put an, a, a, a collection together of both podcasts and books. That we're able to benefit from his uh, great learning and sacrifice that he's made. So, that's just a shout out to Jordan Peterson. And so, we'll be talking about as he gets that book out. And perhaps, you know, we'll just start talking about a segment or a rule, even in his uh, first book, The 12 Rules of Life, and and maybe dedicating a day um, a week talking about one of the rules and how we can apply one of those rules to our lives. And then as he his new book gets launched, we'll take one one role out of the each of his new book and, and talk about that and how we can apply it in our lives. So we hope to have some comedians on our program. Since the Trump Tater is kind of designed to bring a little fun back into politics, we'll bring some humor on. And so that's kind of just to give you a little taste of what we're hoping to uh, implement into our program as the new year comes around. Uh, So I I think it's going to be exciting. And hopefully I'll have my partner back with me, uh, Dallin Johnson, uh, you know, by the end of the year. And uh, so anyway, we'll be back on the Trump-tater. And he just told me I had 10 seconds left. So don't forget to tell your friends about uh, listening to the podcast on fedbyravensmedia.com. And uh, share this podcast and the other ones on this network.
2: I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy!
1: Welcome back to the trump Tater. We're going to get on to a little bit of the election news. It just is a gift that keeps on giving here. I uh, want to just touch just quickly on the power that we have to make a change. And uh, so when you maybe get a little discouraged, realize that we, we can outside of... One of the things I want to encourage our audience to, to make sure is that we're not letting... Even one of my mottos, I'm going to backtrack. I got my ADHD brain on this morning. But um, my kids did not like our family motto growing up because it was life is not fair. So you got to get over it. And uh, so I I just want to share that motto as much as we may not like it. Sometimes life is not fair. And it just is the way it is, but we don't have to allow it to uh, make us angry people. We don't want to become like what we see on the left. I mean, there's so much anger, so much anger built up in these people's hearts as you see them out there and it was screaming and their extreme, um, hate and, and dislike. So I see that coming on the conservative side too. So we have to be careful that we don't become those angry, bitter people, but that does not mean that we can't make good, wise choices. So one of the things, um, uh, CNN, for example, I mean, a lot of people look at Trump and him calling fake news. Well, CNN has is losing hundreds of millions of dollars right now. Uh, so our efforts can make a difference. Fox News in the last three weeks has lost half of their viewership. Um, so that, that's pretty incredible. I mean, we can speak with our actions. We can speak with the things that we choose to participate in, the things that we contribute our money towards. So we can have a big, powerful impact uh, without being hateful and uh, and without allowing that hate to fill our hearts. But that doesn't mean that we have to continue to consume the thing, same things that uh, we feel is detrimental to our value system. So, just look around and see what can I contribute? There's so many movies I can no longer go to because there's actors or actresses in them that, uh, I can't, I can no longer support now, not just because their values don't align with mine, but because they've openly been hostile towards my values. So you have to figure out what the line is for you on what you can support and what you can't, but, uh, I've just decided there's just some things I won't support. So my kids have always mocked me, you know, on all the places throughout their childhood that we didn't go for a couple of years here, a couple of years there, because of one reason or another. But uh, that is one aspect we do have a lot of control over: where we spend our money, uh, where we spend our time, and our viewership. So just be mindful that uh, we can do a lot of things without being angry and uh, and have a big impact. Um, one of the things, this is a quote from Candace Owens on this election. It says, Common Sense 101, you don't destroy ballots, refuse audits, and have big tech censor your citizens because you acted honestly. The American election was clearly rigged, and I truly believe that. Um, I don't know if we're going to win these battles in court or if we'll win them in time, but uh, like Pennsylvania today, um, Verified their election for Joe Biden. I'm going, how? There's there's so much corruption in there, yet they're just moving forward, full, full steam ahead. In uh, Michigan alone, um, let me find this here, there was 431,000 more votes than the number of registered voters. That's a half a million votes, and that's less than actually uh, Trump lost by collectively throughout the multiple states, a half a million votes in these collective states that he um, is currently, I shouldn't say lost by, but currently is behind uh, Biden in. But Michigan alone, 431,000 votes, more votes than registered voters. So we know at least, and, and that's amazing because you know all registered voters didn't actually vote. So, but at least a half a million votes um, more than Physically possible. And uh, so, I mean, things like that is just common sense. I mean, I don't care if you have the Kraken or you don't have the Kraken. It's common sense that there was some serious voter fraud that took place. Um, So we've just got to make sure that we're, regardless of how the outcome turns out, that we pursue this voter fraud and we make sure we strengthen our elections. So there, there's a little quagmire here because elections are state, uh, of, you know, are ruled by the states and it's not a federal um, responsibility. But I'm going to have to disagree some with that. I mean, there's multiple multiple times that federal governments got involved in state election laws uh, in the South on voter on the Voting Rights Act, which was needed uh, to take place in order to ensure that all voters were Um, had the opportunity to cast their vote, and it was a meaningful vote. The federal government got involved there. The federal government gets involved in what we can contribute to federal candidates. Uh, So when we're talking about senators who represent all of Americans and our congressional candidates, any federal candidates, but specifically our president, which my vote, and as someone here in Utah, can be disenfranchised by cheating taking place in Pennsylvania. And uh, so some people out there, even conservatives, are saying, you know, this is not a, this is a state's right issue. No, it's not. When something happens where my vote's being disenfranchised here because there's voter fraud in another state, I do believe there has to be some consistency in a federal election. Now, if somebody wants to... You know, city council or, you know, your state legislators, I suppose that can strictly be a state's issue. But anytime that it's going to impact federal law and federal elections, I believe that there's a lot more we should be able to do on that uh, to make sure that these um Our voting is safe and it's not subject to fraud and inconsistencies. So, again, in Michigan alone, almost a half million more voters than there are registered voters, which tells you that's probably closer to a million, million and a half of fraudulent votes that took place uh, because not all registered voters voted. So, that's just one area. Uh, Another, um, well, there's just something I don't want to probably harp on that today. I think that just puts in perspective the common sense alone tells us that uh, that this was a fraudulent election with fraudulent results. So we need to we need to go about trying to do all we can to make sure our elections are safe and, uh, and that we can have trust and, and faith in the results of them as we move forward. Uh, one of the things that this... Continues, uh, just kind of doing a hodgepodge today of some different thoughts that have been my, on my mind is over in Europe. And the media's not paying a whole lot of attention to it right now, but uh, President Macron over in, in Europe has been really frustrated lately. And Europe's been, uh, France specifically, has been a very progressive country. And um, so there's a, a head of um, this Portuguese anti hate group over. In Europe, and he recently was quoted saying, uh, "During this is during a conference in which uh, he attended in Portugal and Brazil, Um, well, actually uh, said it is necessary to kill the white man, murder the colonial and racist, to prevent the social death of the black political subject." Um, I have been a big advocate uh, for the last 20 years of my life on racial and so uh, racial issues and uh, prison and judicial reform, as well as reaching out to, to to black Americans in the Republican Party. So this is something dear to my heart. But in the process of this, I have been told over, especially 20 years ago when I was involved, you know that on on this philosophy of being ashamed of my European heritage. And anyway, some thoughts that I thought, man, that's just not possible on this anti-white. But sure enough, it's kind of coming out now. And it's so sad to see because this is just as racist as anything on the other side. So anyway, I'm going to talk a little bit more about this as we get back on the Trump-tater Don't forget to again share the FedByRavensMedia.com with your family and friends and encourage them to listen to the various podcasts, but specifically the Trump Tater podcast. So we'll be back in just a minute on the Trump Tater.
2: USA Radio
0: News with Lance Pry.
2: Former White House advisor Dick Morris told Newsmax TV on Monday that Democratic presidential voter turnout was disproportionately larger than the population gains.
3: For example, in Phoenix, there were 48 percent more votes cast in 2020 than in 2012. Now, the population of Phoenix did rise by 14 percent in that period, but there were 48 percent more votes. In Atlanta, it grew by 9 percent, and there were 30 percent more votes. In Detroit, where there was no population gain whatsoever, in fact, there was a little loss, somehow 50,000 more people voted, a 10 percent increase. And the only way that that increase can be found, can be justified, is by ballot stuffing.
2: The GSA has greenlit the transition process for President-elect Biden, while President Trump is disputing election tallies claiming voter fraud. USA Radio News.
3: When thinking about life insurance, my accident reinforced you never know what tomorrow might bring. That's why I reached out to AccuQuote. AccuQuote helps people find a life insurance policy that meets their needs. Since 1986, they've helped millions of folks save up to 60% on their life insurance by comparing the rates and features of dozens of top-rated life insurance products. A healthy 50-year-old non-smoker can buy a half a million dollars of 10-year level term for less than 45 bucks a month. A 60-year-old under 120 bucks a month. Longer or permanent terms are available. Even if you already own life insurance, you really need to check out my friends at AccuQuote. Don't worry about health issues. Remember, they help me. As a pastor, I'm concerned about your soul and helping you to make sure your family is taken care of. Life insurance is more affordable now than ever, so don't make them wish you'd made that call. 877-437-4781. Call now, 877-437-4781. 877-437-4781. H policy points and availability vary by state.
2: In the fight against COVID-19, politicians placing curfews on American freedom seems to make no sense. USA Radio News Val Dior has more.
4: Several California sheriffs are telling Governor Gavin Newsom they will not enforce the state's new curfew rules. The governor unveiled new restrictions ahead of the Thanksgiving holiday that ban non-essential activity between the hours of 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. in counties that contain 94 percent of the state's population. Fresno County Sheriff Margaret Mims says, quote, we're not going to make criminals of normally law-abiding citizens. She argues that police have higher priorities, including taking guns away from gang members and saving children from Internet predators. She says there's little data showing that activities between 10P and 5A play a significant role in spreading the virus. Other officers in the state echo MIMS' position and will encourage compliance and boost education efforts about the dangers of the virus's spread without arresting people. From the Texas USA Radio News Bureau, I'm Val Dior
1: welcome back to the trump tater in this third segment of our show today uh just going to wrap this thought up i had before we uh, left our last segment is is in france um they're starting the majority shouldn't say majority 47 percent of french public believe that the existence of anti-white racism uh exists and uh so compared to only 36% that say, that say it does not exist. So, you know, and then we had the debate that started even in America, you know, black lives matter, all lives matter, white lives matter. And, uh, so anyway, it's, this is a complex issue. It's something that, uh, is definitely, you know, out there to divide, um, uh, divide people. And so in France right now, um, they're really, you know, again, one of the most progressive nations in my eyes on welcoming all people of different political beliefs, different uh, social beliefs, uh, different ethnic backgrounds, and has been part of who France is for a long time, and now are kind of shifting and coming back around saying, well, you know, this is, um, this has been to the detriment of, uh, I shouldn't say to the detriment, uh, that's probably not the right wording of it, but uh, this has been detrimental uh, to the traditional French people now because there's so much hate towards the Caucasians there in France that is starting to be displayed. And any conversation to be had uh, kind of trying to challenge that is met with uh, criticism, even reaching out recently. And again, this is um, what I would consider uh, the French president is not what I would consider cons- uh, conservative at all. So this is coming from a very liberal nation, a very liberal leader. Yet there is, you know, there's a great alarm going on right now. When I was in the battle on the Confederate flag, that I was started organization that brought down the Confederate flag in South Carolina 20 years ago. Uh, there's a, a meeting at one point in which, uh, initially, I was told as I started this. That, you know the white man you know put the flags up there it's up to the white people to get it down but then once we built this coalition of both white and black people, Republicans Democrats um, religious community business community um, the NAACP, had who, who had been hands off at this point because they had made a, an agreement with the Democratic governor that was elected. All of a sudden, saw this issue being taken out of their hands and, and, and got in and got involved. And all of a sudden, these meetings were taking place that were all um, Black leaders in the area, and we were being excluded from these meetings. And I got with the, the guy who's head of the, um, I just lost my uh, thinking, uh, Urban League, which is similar to a Chamber of Commerce. It's more versus the NAACP. The Urban League is, um, reaches out and tries to help black business owners. And, uh, so anyway, I said, what's up with this? And, uh, he said, well, now you know how it feels. And I said, what do you mean now? I know how it feels. He goes, well, now you know how it feels, you know, on, uh, being excluded or, you know, and he gave me some examples. I said, why, well, wait a minute. I, I've never done these things. And, uh, so why, um, why are you throwing it out like that? And so, I made the comment to him and I, and I stand by this comment. I said, you know, racism exists on all sides. It's not just a white to black issue, but I mean, even at that time I was being told, well, if you're not in the position where you can be oppressive, then it's not racism. But I totally disagree with that. And I think it's still very dangerous on all sides. And I think it's a human problem. It's not a white against black or white against Hispanic or, uh, racism is a humanity issue. And I told him at the time, I said, racism from blacks to whites is just as dangerous for our society as it is uh, whites on black racism. I said, granted, it's been more systemic, you know, in the other direction, It's more been more harmful. But when you have racism from blacks to whites, it turns otherwise people who did not have racist thoughts in their hearts uh start to have racist thoughts in their hearts. And I see this happening right now Um, that uh, among conservatives out there that I feel like, you know, of course, you know, the left would always say, you know, conservatives have been racist and which is just not true. Um, But I'm starting to see that out there. And we've got to be really careful that even when these things are happening, that we don't allow that type of feeling to enter into our hearts that we have to uh, have a love to our fellow Americans, regardless of the circumstances, and uh, we have to try to find uh, solutions to the problems that we face. But again, racism is a human is a human problem, and it exists from every race, and it's dangerous regardless of which race it's coming from. And so, I would just petition everyone out there to recognize that when we judge people based on the color of their skin or the community in which they come from, that it has detrimental impacts to our community at large and to humanity at large. So anyway, I'm going to jump ahead on this, but that's just kind of interesting from France that I believe was a very progressive European country. And, uh, and there's a point in which that progressivism, if it's not met in by all sides in order to treat each other uh, kindly and with respect and everything. It's hard to become a, uh, when you bring so many different cultures together and if there's not some uh, grounding principles that unite everyone, then it's hard to have that community environment. And so America used to be considered a melting pot in which people would come together and and have some basic common things that were grounded them and to being Americans. And so we see all those things being challenged now. All of our traditions, all of our um, loyalties to our country, to a national anthem, to our flag. I mean, and, and they're pinpointing and, and uh, trying to undermine anything that once brought us together as a nation. Even our athletic programs that people would go to together that kind of put all politics aside and just allowed people to enjoy being there together to root for their team, you know, regardless of, you know, you'd have people of all um, races and all genders and all social economic backgrounds supporting each different team, um, and but it united, you know, supporting that team united that population of people. And so we don't even have our athletic programs that bring us together anymore. So we've got to really dig deep and find it, uh, what it is that's going to bring us together and, uh, and find those common grounds and and bring that back. So anyway, a lot, lot of things out there that's, uh, challenging us, uh, and you think, you know, there's there's the motive behind it. I, I look at just over the uh, program a minute ago, Brian, the producer, and I were talking about even before Trump was elected, there was so much animosity against him trying to prevent that election to take place from Republicans and Democrats aside from the establishment politicians. Um, and then the entire time he was in office, continually trying to take him down, using all legal means and unethical means possible to destroy this man and his family. So why should we in any way believe that that didn't happen uh, within the election, especially since, I mean, everything is just, again, common sense. The man had 30, 40, 50,000 people at the rallies. Um, Joe Biden had zero people there. Uh, Kamala Harris had zero people. I mean, when I say zero, I mean, it was just like a handful of people in comparison. So Facebook feels the necessity to jump online on every conservative or even possible thing that mentions politics and, and, and tell us who won the election and why. But uh, on this specific thing on talking about crowd sizes, they got on well. There's two different strategies. Well, I'd like to know what strategy it was that Joe Biden was trying to implement because it wasn't crowd, con- it wasn't getting crowds, it wasn't winning over the hearts and minds of other people, uh, of American people. I, I'm just not confused on what I, I should say. I am confused on what strategy he was using, other than they had a a strategy on how to manipulate the vote. Um, because he hid in his basement. There was no campaign. There was no messaging. Uh, their messaging was so inconsistent from, was Joe Biden going to be this moderate Democrat or was he going to be this radical liberal? There was no consistent messaging for Joe Biden and what he stood for and how he would run. They hit him in the basement. He came out on a rare occasion. He drew no, no, uh, crowds. He had no enthusiasm a voter base and, uh, But yet we're supposed to believe that he won more votes than any American president has in the history of America, more than Barack Obama, Um, that we had more, a greater voter participation than we've ever had uh, in America. And again, like I said, Michigan alone, uh, we had almost a half a million more votes than we had voters. Uh, Again, common sense, just we know, we know this election was stolen um, so just keep in your, your thoughts and prayers that we can be able to prove it and improve it in such an overwhelming way that uh, it does not destroy our country when jo- when uh, President Trump continues in the office of president. Um, keep Sidney Powell, keep um, Mayor Giuliani and the other lawyers in your prayers and the people that have signed sworn affidavits on this corruption, that their lives are protected and support where you can financially to these causes until we have a a final result on on this election, Support these legal battles.
2: Trading involves financial risk and is not suitable for all investors. Past results do not guarantee future performance.
4: Stock market have you nervous with all the massive fluctuations? With the hope for a COVID vaccine on the rise, shifting political landscape, and the election at an end, it's virtually impossible to guess what will happen next. With Vantage Point, you don't have to. Text MONEY to 411411 to find out how our technology can forecast market trends up to three days in advance with incredible accuracy. Text MONEY to 411411 to get what you need to stay ahead of market trends and find explosive moves before they happen. Vantage Point's patented technology analyzes huge quantities of global data in seconds. Stop guessing. Start predicting trends 72 hours in advance. Text MONEY to 411411 and experience Vantage Point for free. Text MONEY to 411411 so you can protect and grow your capital now. Don't wait. Text MONEY to 411411.
2: Go to vantagepointsoftware.com for terms, conditions, and privacy policy.
0: Enjoy.
3: This is Stan Ellsworth. You know, I know a little bit about history. I mean, me and that Harley and all. But social media, well, that's a mystery to me. So I turn to the good folks at Little Cloud. They helped me develop my social media. They call it an online footprint. I'm a pretty big guy. Little Cloud, they've created a pretty big online presence for me. Let them help you. Visit their website. Visit my friends at littlecloudmedia.com.
1: the Trump Tater program. My fellow Trump Taters, I'm just going to do a reminder on what a Trump Tater is. Uh, A Trump Tater means someone who outclasses, outshines, outperforms, defeats someone or something. Uh, We know in this election that President Trump did outperform, outclass, and outshine Joe Biden, and we know he defeated Joe Biden. Now, whether or not that that's the way the election results turn out or not was, you know, kind of wait and see. Uh, life's not fair sometimes. and But we know that he was the ultimate Trump dater, that he went out and gave everything he had, uh, his entire presidency, and specifically in the last couple of months of this election, to win in behalf of the American people. And, uh, and Trump Trumpeter is also a dependable and exemplary person. And again, I believe in my heart that Trump has been that kind of president. He's been very dependable. He's followed through on his campaign promises more than any other president and he would have done so more had he not been fighting constantly against the opposition his whole time in presidency. And that uh, we can all be Trump taters. And uh, so anyway, just a reminder on what a Trump tater is and why we had the Trump Tater podcast is remind us that uh, that we can be Trump taters in our lives and how we go about trying to win the causes that we believe in. So right now we have a society, a worldwide society right now trying to make us criminals for behaviors of not wearing a mask, of having too many people over for Thanksgiving, of having too many people over for Christmas or visiting our elderly parents or grandparents. Um, I mean, the list goes on, you know, at a time in which some of these big cities, crime is higher than it's ever been. Carjackings are higher. The homicide rate is higher that they are threatening to lock people up in jail for not wearing a mask, for having too too many people over at Thanksgiving time. So there's a man out on a hike out where it looks like it's just him and these two young women hiking. And so he notices they don't have a mask on. And he's really angry about it, and he tells them how angry he is about it. And uh, they have a little kind of tiff. This is in New York. And uh, so to show them how angry he is about it, he lowers his mask and spits in their direction and says, I have COVID. Now, if the man does have COVID, that's definitely a criminal act because he's intentionally trying to infect them in a disease that he believes uh, it could be fatal to them. And, uh, but just the thought, I mean, where have we put in society where people get so much anger and so much fear because someone happens to walk somewhere within their spatial area without a mask on. Uh, It's one thing, you know, somebody comes right up in your face. And we see this all the time with our police officers, by the way, of people right up in their faces with no mask on oftentimes, but even with a mask on right up in their faces, shouting at them. And, and uh, so again, there seems to be no outrage on that when it happens to one of our, our men in blue. But uh, so this man, Out of his hate and disdain for two young females out hiking, which appears to be a very uh, open area with very few people there, decides that he's justified in taking his mask off and spitting on them. Where we're being encouraged to call in multiple states, call and and tell on our neighbors if they're having too big of events where we're uh, people are being called out for not wearing a mask or being informed on for not wearing masks. These are where we have a Republican governor last night saying that people are assuming uh, that they have a constitutional privilege not to have to wear a mask. I mean, um, these are big issues. And you think of how Nazi Germany began. It all began with an attitude of so much fear in instilling in people uh, this idea that, that, you know, telling on their neighbors and ratting people out for something that, you know, the previous month or previous year you would have never thought about doing. But we are we are entering into a dangerous territory here. And uh, so, again, we just have to be mindful that we don't fall prey of letting uh, these things make us angry and um, that we just try to find a positive ways to maneuver around some of this craziness that's out there. Um, there's a couple of things I was wanting to hit on before in this program that I've been kind of bouncing back and forth on different issues. Oh, one, okay, yeah, Um, is, you know, there's been this talk out there of, you know, these uh, re-education camps and uh, how how much truth or how much is behind there. Of uh, If if Joe Biden does win um, if, How serious these people are So I'm just looking at who Joe Biden's Putting in his cabinet And I'm thinking by the people who's putting in his cabinet There may be some serious thought out there That people are really thinking That anybody who voted for Trump Needs to be in some type of re-education camp And there's going to be some detrimental consequences To Trump supporters To the lawyers who are defending him right now uh, And this is really dangerous And And uh, so, again, I, I don't know how, you know, we'll cross that bridge when it comes, but they were not given a mandate. There's nothing, a, again, on the common sense aspect of this election. We picked up 14 seats in the House. And we Hopefully are going to maintain the Senate. Uh, and, again, keep your thoughts and prayers out there on the Georgia race come January and support those candidates so we can maintain the Senate. Um, but also, I mean, uh, nationwide, the state legislators picked up and a ton of red. I mean, ton of um, states that are, are turning red in their state and the Senate House uh, seats. So there's no mandate, but they're going to act as if there's a mandate um, if Joe Biden does get elected. So we've just got to be, again, very mindful and calling our legislators and keeping the heat on but we have to do so in a way that we don't become the hateful left. And so know that we have some challenges out there and uh, we're going to have to find a way to work around those challenges if that does happen. But So again, I'm kind of a hypocrite on this because I've been talking about some of the the downer possibilities if Joe Biden does get elected, but I'm still holding out hope that uh, Trump is going to be able to win this. But, uh, you know, when Rush Limbaugh comes out yesterday, And says it's time for them to put up something. And I'm hoping that today may be the day. And if today is not the day, tomorrow's the day because we have to, something has to happen before Thanksgiving here. Um, Yesterday, we went out in front of my store, my restaurant in Ogden, Utah, Brixton's Baked Potato, with our big banner, our We Love and Support Our President banner, and Reverend Jesse, who feeds the homeless here. Uh, every Sunday for the last eight years, he joined me out there. He's a an awesome conservative black American that I work with and a couple of others and we just assured our customers we triggered some and we assured others that even though our sign is currently not on our store any longer, that we are a hundred percent behind our president and his challenges that he's making on contesting this election so Again, make sure that your voices are heard. You're putting in positive words of encouragement to Trump and his team, supporting them financially uh, so that we can contest this election and make sure we don't let this fraud and this manipulation of our votes take place. Uh, so do everything we can until the decision's you know, final. But um, anyway, so just a, a shout out there that as a, a business owner, that we did that yesterday. We went Facebook Live on multiple different Facebooks. We put together a commercial on this that we're going to push out, letting people know that we are supporting our president as a business. And uh, definitely got a few customers that we triggered yesterday, and I'm okay with that. They're welcome in my restaurant, but I won't be totally heartbroken if they don't come in because they don't support my First Amendment right. Uh, Let me see how I want to end this note on. I think we'll just end on another scripture verse on gratitude. And tomorrow we're going to talk about more of the uh, psychological impacts of expressing gratitude in our lives. Uh, And for some reason, my... Oh, here it is. Okay, it pulled up finally. find the scripture I want to end on. We'll do Psalms 103, 2 through 5. Blessed, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems you from uh, your life from the pit, who crowns you steadfast with love and mercy, who satisfies you with the good so so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. So again, we have to remember that it is through Christ that uh, that we receive forgiveness for our sins, who heals us from our all of our inequities and who can uh, give us peace at this time in our lives. Is there some uh, anxiety out there about what's taking place? And so let's make sure that we always have a grateful heart and recognize where all of our blessings do come from and where all of our strength can come from. And as we approach this Thanksgiving, uh, whether we're going to celebrate with a a large family event or small, that we can have gratitude for the many blessings we have in our lives. So I I hope that everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving if you're not going to be with us tomorrow. And if you are, we'll see you tomorrow on The Trump Tater.